one of those um, messages that I really felt the Lord speak that I've got prepared this morning. I had something different prepared um, that I spent um, time preparing. And uh, yesterday afternoon, I just heard the Lord say something else in my heart. He just dropped something else in my heart. And I was like, oh, okay, I, 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 can't, ignore, I, can't, I can't ignore that. And so <clears throat> this morning, someone else shared a dream with me um, that we might share a bit later on. It was just exactly what I heard the Lord say yesterday. And uh, so it does feel like the Lord's going to speak this morning. And so why don't you open up your Bibles, if you do have your Bible here with, with you, in um, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. That's, uh, if you're paging in the front of your Bible, you're on the wrong side. So just go more towards the back of your Bible in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And then we're going to read from verse 10 to 17. So you're welcome to read on the board with me. <clears throat> Some of you might know the scripture, so don't zone out. Just listen and let the Lord speak to you. So finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can ex extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I've got a picture for us this morning that I feel like is super helpful for us, and it's to be a bulletproof community. It's to be a bulletproof community. And I've got a picture that I want to show you on the board of uh, Roman soldiers. Um, nowadays, I mean, there's different ways to to go into battle. But back in the day, this was a very common way of, of fighting, of fighting against whoever fought against them. And so this is what you call the turtle, um, what do you call it, turtle um, approach or something, turtle formation, there we go. The turtle formation. And so this was a classic way of fighting against the enemy. And can you see that there's a group of soldiers ready to fight here? Can you see that? Everyone has their shields ready in place. There's a sense of there's a unity that you look, that you look at. Like, I want to be in that team type of thing. You know what I mean? I don't want to fight against them. Uh, I'll probably come third. Although there's just two in, the, in this race. You know what I mean? And so I, I want to be part of that. And there's a unity. There's a, there's a sense that every soldier is tucked in. Tucked in with their shield, with their spear or their arrow or whatever. Um, armor they've got with them, but they are tucked in next to the person, right next to the person next to you. Does that make sense? Anyway, they are tucked in, ready to fight. And there's a sense of unity in their midst. And, and God is calling us to be a bulletproof community, to be a people that are tucked in, ready to fight. You know, God, we just saying it, God is raising up an army. He's raising up a people that will fight 
for Him. Not in natural, but in the spiritual. We are fighting for, for Jesus. We are taking ground. And what I mean with taking ground, and there's a, there's a real battle between light and darkness. You don't have to look far to see that the reality of that. But often we get, we get, um, what do you call it? Um, we forget that there's a battle going on in the heavenly realms. We forget that there's a battle between light and darkness. We are short-sighted at times. We focus on the pit, on the mud pit that we were speaking about. We are focused on this world, and we forget that there's a battle in the heavenly realms. And if you're a born-again believer this morning, God has called you to fight for Him. But you're not called to fight alone. You're called to fight within an army. It's one thing to say, I'm a soldier for Jesus, but where's your army? You can't be a lone soldier. I mean, nowadays there's movies about, you know, whatever, this you know, guy that's alone and he you know, beats all the hundreds of soldiers. But that's, that's actually not God's way. God's way is through an army. And it's quite noble to look at this one guy, he's the euro, and, and we want to try and apply that to our lives. No, I can follow Jesus that way. No, you can't. God called us into a community, into a family, into an army. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. We're called to be a family, a community. So did you know that? You're a soldier for Jesus. I mean, some of you I know have been to the army before. I haven't. But you can call yourself a soldier this morning. You can call yourself that. And he's raising up an army. And an army is made up of different individuals, all right? Made up of different individuals. And, and there's such a sense, I'm, I'm, again, I think it's verse 2. Is it verse 2? Uh, verse 11, sorry, the second verse in uh, Ephesians. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Just keep that up there. Isn't that beautiful? That you need to take a stand against the devil's schemes. Yes, as an army, we can all stand against the devil's schemes. But if you do not stand against the devil's schemes in your life, you're actually making us all vulnerable. And if you can put that picture back up of the army, that will be helpful. Let's say that guy in the middle, he just takes a nap. He says, no, I'm out of here. I'm not taking a stand against this, this enemy that we're facing. Suddenly that whole picture is just flawed. It's, it's almost corrupted. It's, there's a vulnerability if one guy doesn't pull his weight. If one guy is not taking a stand against the devil's schemes, the whole community is vulnerable. So your life matters. Your life matters. The decisions you make today, it matters. It does. And so we need to stand against the devil's schemes. We need to stand firm against the devil's schemes. Second <clears throat> Timothy 2 verse 4. No one is serving as a soldier, no one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. So if you're a soldier, we do not get involved with civilian affairs. Because that's not what the commanding officer wants for us. And so, I mean, what is civilian affairs? It's quite a vague statement to make. And we can mention a couple of things on what civilian affairs might be, but... I think something, if you, if you just think about the soldiers in the army, they've got a specific mission 
to live out. From the commanding officer, you guys, this is the mission, and do that. And so civilian affairs or, every, or anything, any worries that you might have, any issue, any worries about issues in life that is actually not, not related to the mission, that's civilian affairs. So in other words, if you are in this army and the commanding officer said, listen, that's the enemy, we're taking ground, that's the mission. And if you go on this, on this mission and you are kind of worrying about um, home and you're kind of worrying about this or that, it's unrelated to the mission, it's civilian affairs. And it's distracting you from the main mission. So for us as soldiers in God's army, what's our mission? To make disciples of nations, to reflect Jesus in everything we do, to live in unity, to love God with all of us and to love one another in the same way. That's our mission. So anything other than that, if we are getting distracted by the things in this life and the things of this world, civilian affairs. We need to keep our eyes fixed on the mission, which our commanding officer, Jesus, has called us for. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Every week there's something different that the world gives us. You're not going to win the system here. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the mission. He called us to live like that. All right. And so our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not what I want to preach on, but I mean, how often do we fight against one another? against flesh and blood, against one another. And not in the natural, but just sometimes we get offended with someone next to us. Some, sometimes we, we don't love the person next to us the way we should. And we're fighting against our brother. We're fighting against our sister. And I want to actually say that if you are fighting, there's always grumbling around you and fr- from you. You've lost sight of God, actually. Because if our eyes are fixed on Jesus... We'll keep that the main mission. We'll keep that the main purpose. And we'll make sure we've got, we've got unity with one another. We're not going to fall into the trap of fighting against one another. Because the devil is quite sneaky. We looked at that picture, and it's kind of easy to recognize him from the outside. There he comes. We get ready. But often the devil comes within us. And I'm, and I'm not saying that he takes you know, control of our lives type of thing, but actually uses believers, uses us to break the unity with, within us. And if there's no unity, we're vulnerable. So we need to make sure we are in unity in all things. If you've got a, something against your brother, the Bible says go to them, speak to them. Don't go to all your buddies, hey, do you also see that? That breaks the unity. And we, you leave us vulnerable actually. And, and we need to fight for that unity. Our battle isn't against one another. And we shouldn't allow offense to creep in, in, in for whatever reason. Man, if you are offended, it's so easy to justify why you feel that way. It's never your own fault when you're offended, right? It's never your own fault. <laughs> and we, we, we so easily get blinded. We, it, it's almost like this veil that comes over our eyes when our hearts are hard. When, when we get, allow something to creep into our hearts. You can't see properly. You can't see properly. 
And so you need to keep our hearts soft. Take your shield of faith. Duck in. I mean, if you, if you fight against a brother or a sister, how, many, how much faith is there? I mean, if I, if I know someone is offended with me or I'm offended with someone, there's not a lot of faith. That's all I can think about. I sometimes forget about the mission. I forget about what God called us for. I just focus on this thing. And then we actually take down our shield of faith. But God said, no, no, bring your shield of faith. Tuck in. Get in line. Get in unity. It's a battle to fight. Don't get caught up with the things around you. Lift your eyes, man. Lift your eyes. If you're prone for offense, your eyes are not on Jesus. If you're tucked in, you'll be safe. If you kind of want to break away because those people, eh, that church, they hurt, that church have hurt me, that church have hurt me, and I think these guys will hurt me as well. So I'm, not, I'm just going to keep you guys at, on, at arm's length. I've got my shield, I've got my spear, I've got my armor of God, but I'll just keep you guys on, at arm's length. You're leaving everyone vulnerable. Tuck in. Deal with whatever has happened. But here's the challenge. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone would have done it. <laughs> it's difficult, right? It really is. It's great to preach about it. And then we walk out and then life happens. But if we keep our hearts soft, man, Jesus can work with that. And the challenge is we're all different. We're all different. You might think everyone's different than you, but you're different than them as well. It's like we're all different. It's not just them that's weird. Actually, you are weird as well. We're all weird. <laughs> we're all different. And we like being comfortable. That's probably the main, one of the two challenges, just thinking about fighting with one another for the main mission, for the main purpose. Is we, everyone's different, and we like our comforts. I don't know how comfortable it is to be in a war, to go on a, on a battlefield, to work with people you don't like, actually, to work with people that you actually don't have much in common. But God has placed you there. God has placed you here, and it's not always the people that you like. It's not always the people that you get along with. It's people that's different from you, and it's uncomfortable at times. But are we embracing one another? Are we actually embracing the differences? You know, so to ask you a question, do you sit in the same chair every Sunday? <laughs> I, I mean, I do as well sometimes. <laughs> but, but often we, 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 we are drawn to comfort because that's where we find our comfort. I mean, this chair is mine. They can actually put my name on it. And if someone else sits on that chair, where am I going to sit now? You know, it's like that's my chair. Because we are prone to comfort. Do you connect with the same people every Sunday? <laughs> like when you arrive at church, is it always the same group of people that you connect with? Or do you actually get out of that bubble and connect with other people that you don't know? And those things are a, a reality. We need to actually challenge ourselves to get out of that comfort zone. Are we embracing one another with open arms? You know, with, with a g growing church... There's new people coming in every week. There's people being added all the time. And we, we thank God for that. But the challenge is we can sometimes keep our circles closed. But actually, God, if you're a Christian, you can't have a closed circle. If you're a Christian, you can't have a closed circle. 
you need to, that's, that's too exclusive. You know, if you have, uh, have been, you see a group of people and you kind of, should I, should I go now? Uh, I'll just uh, make like I'm busy on my phone. Because it's uncomfortable. But if, if it's open, hey man, just come and join us, chat with us, come join us for community. We're having a braai. We don't know you. Hello, I'm Hoya. Come for a braai. I mean, that is what God wants for us as a people. To have an open circle. Always stepping out of our bu- bubbles, reaching others, drawing people in. That's, that's the community God wants for us, man. And so let's live that. And we're all different. We're all different. And we need to learn to appreciate one another's differences. How difficult is that? We need to learn and, and actually appreciate one another's differences. Because you are not the full package. You're not. I mean, some of you have got, got a, quite close. Because there's a lot of gifting and whatever. But actually, we need one another. The Bible says we all see in part. And as you bring your gift, the whole body will move as one. You're not the full package. We need one another. I mean, some of you that's, that's on leadership with me, you are very different than me, but I need you. And you, you guys, have, God has added to this church, I need you. We can't, we can't have just a group of special forces that does the fighting. <laughs> every saint, every person, every believer in this church, if God has added you to this church, we're called to fight within this army. And we want to walk together as one. I want to share a prophetic word that we received as a church years ago um, that Christelle uh, reminded me, actually. Um, and so years ago, God, uh, there was a sense that God is building his house. And yes, we, we know biblically God is building his house. But the word was, he's building his, this, let's say this wall. He's building this wall of this house, not brick by brick, all the bricks looking exactly the same. But actually, he's building this wall, this house, with stones. With stones. And every stone is different. Some, some modern houses today does have that look about it. There's, you know, all, every stone is a bit different, different shapes and sizes. It's not just like a brick by brick. And, and this was the picture that God is calling us to be in the, the, the house that he is actually building. Stones with different shapes and sizes, different colors that God is placing together. And he is building his house, so he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And God is placing us together, building us together. And if we allow him to build, we will look beautiful for him. And just keep that picture up there. That's a beautiful picture of who God is, of what God is doing amongst us. And we've seen, it, we've seen it over the years. I mean, look around. People are different than you. You've got white people, colored people, black people, young people, old people, people from different cultures, different countries. It is not something that we aimed for from the beginning. We are going to be a multicultural church. That's not, I mean, it wasn't our mission statement. It wasn't anything. We just, Lord, we want you to build your house. Come, you build your house. We come in line with what you want to do, and you add people. And he's done that. And we look back over the last five years, and we're like, Lord, sure, Lord, what have you done with us? In a good way. 
<laughs> and in 1 Peter 2, verse 4 to 6, listen to this. Um, as you come to him, the living stone, he is the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, that's me and you, you also, that's us, like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones. We are this picture that I've shown of, of everyone's different, that God is building together. We are being built together so that we can be a spiritual house where God dwells. Like when people come in to this house, they experience Jesus amongst us. They experience his presence amongst us because he is the builder. And we are the living stones that he has built and he is building together. And he is building it together, meaning there's more people coming. And we need to make space. We need to open up the circle so that God can come and build in so that we can reflect him. All right. Does that make sense? Hmm. I mean, I, sure. I think nowadays there's such a self-centeredness about how we choose church, eh? There's such a selfishness. And I know it's a reality. We, we, or there's certain things that we look for in a church. But is it what, are we looking for a healthy church or are we looking for a church that's comfortable for me? Because when I look at that wall, of the living stones being built together, that almost feels like, oh, that's a bit, um, I, I don't have OCD, but it just, whoa, how do you build a house like that? But God has his way. And we can't choose a church based on, you know, are there older people, are there younger people? Is there only white people, only black people? What's the, what's the language of the church? We can't choose a church according to that. We need to choose a church according to Jesus' way. I always say, don't go to the closest church to you. Go, go to the healthiest church to you. I mean, I don't care if you need to drive 200 kilometers every Sunday. Find the healthiest church closest to you. And how do we determine health? Well, we need to look at God's word. How does he, his church look like? What does he want for his church? And there's so much we can say about it. But it's important that we are in a healthy church. Because the people around you, the army that God is placing you in will shape you. It will shape you. You'll become like the people you were, good or bad. <laughs> and I want to be in a good army. <laughs> we are God's house. We are living stones being built together. So firstly, you need to give yourself to his house. You need to give yourself to his house. You can't be built in if you're not available to be built in. I'm not a builder, so you can probably hear that. <laughs> Much more complicated than that, I'm sure. But you need to be available that God can take your life and build you in. Make yourself available. You need to find your place in his house. You need to find your place in his house. Don't find your position in the front. Find your place. Where does God want you? We're all different. And we need to actually accept one another and walk with one another. Okay. I want to say this. I'm not going to be too long. We are human. We've got 
we, we, we're sinful. We've got flesh. Our hearts are deceitful often. And so I'm, I'm painting a picture of where we want to go, but it's difficult to get there. But I, I think, and I, I want to call us to a place to have soft hearts and a hard skin. Have a soft heart and a hard skin. What does that even mean? Don't have a, don't have a hard heart and a soft skin. Because that's often the case. If you've got a soft skin, your heart is going to become hard. And I'm, I'm not saying you need to be like, I'm not taking any bullets. I'm bulletproof. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes we need to not take things too seriously. Sometimes we need to protect our hearts and not get, offense, not get offended. Not allow things to creep into our hearts. And, and for that to take place, we need a hard skin. Don't let life throw things at you and every time you bump your toe, your life falls apart. You need to get a hard skin. As a Christian, you need to actually really have a hard skin. It's going to get tough. In this life, you will have troubles. You will have trials and tribulations. That's what, that's what God says. I wish I could offer you something different. But that's what God says. In this life, you will have troubles. Sure, I don't like this church. This is what God says. And we, we, we should not allow life to get through our skin. And, I, and I'm, I, I know we're all going through different things, and I don't want to undermine what you're going through. But sometimes we need to actually just man up and not take everything personal. People often respond out of a brokenness. People often respond and project whatever they're going through over you. And you, you actually shouldn't allow that thing to creep into your heart. You need to keep your heart soft. You need to keep your heart soft. Because your heart, if your heart is soft, you'll hear his voice. You'll hear God's voice. You'll hear when he convicts you of things in your life. But don't, don't let it work the other way. Soft hearts, hard skin. I hope that resonates in some of, you, some of your hearts this morning. You know, some of us might be walking around with, with offense and unforgiveness in your heart. And that's actually making your heart hard. And to be honest, if, if there's offense and unforgiveness in our hearts, oftentimes, like I said, it, it blinds you and it becomes all about you and my feelings and how I, I, I was um, you know, done wrongly in this situation or whatever the case may be. And it, it becomes all about you. And as soon as it becomes all about you, you have lost sight of Jesus. It's all about him. I mean, when I look at Jesus' life and how he was done wrongly so many times, he didn't make it about him. He made it about the Father. And he actually made it about you. He loved you. He had you in mind. He died for you. If Jesus took things personal and, you know, I'm offended with this guy, I mean, things would have turned out differently. But Jesus loved us. He loved you. He didn't make it about him. And don't let the enemy get a foothold in your life. It, it, it starts with a foothold. It starts, it starts with a, li a little inch. And inch by inch, you'll, you'll just take ground. Where's Milan? I saw you somewhere. But why don't you come and share that, that dream quickly? I shared with Hoya, I had a dream last week, and so in the dream, it's someone 
is actually just chasing some little thing, I don't know, but there's it's like a hallway and all of the sudden behind the wall that you can't see but you're going straight and there's a wall, behind the wall comes the comes a big lion and it's the, it's it's really attacking, it's an attacking aggressive lion and the, the, the feeling in, in the dream is just this element of surprise and an attack from the lion and just immediately uh, sensed this is actually the enemy that comes to kill, steal and destroy and is lurking, he's, he's, he's trying to, to catch people out. Yeah. That's so good. And uh, in John 10, verse 10, it says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We, we're in a battle, guys. We're in a battle. There's a, there's a lion roaring around. Well, he's not a lion. He's like a lion. He's disguising himself as the truth. He's disguising himself as the life. But he's, he, that's the devil. That comes, and he wants to come and kill, steal, and destroy. And we need to, as, a, as an army, tuck in, be a bulletproof community. If we're not having unity among us, what hope do we have out there? If we can't work together, yeah, how can we work together out there? We need to be a bulletproof community so that we can actually be bulletproof to the world. Vitally important. And so I want to ask this question, how can we make sure we are a bulletproof community? Because theoretically, yes, okay, oh yeah, thanks, I, I think we need to be a bulletproof community, but how? how do, what can I do? And I, I want to sum it up in one scripture, in Matthew 22, verse 36 to 39, which is the greatest commandment, they asked Jesus, and verse 37, he replied, love the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. We need to love God with everything in us and we need to love our neighbor the way we love Jesus. And so I look to the person next to you and say, how's it neighbor? <laughs> look to the other person as well, now it's awkward. <laughs> All right, we are called to love Jesus with everything in us, like every, every part of our lives, not just, we're not called to love Jesus on a Sunday morning, we are called to love Jesus on a Sunday morning, we're not just called to love Jesus on a Sunday morning, we're actually called to love Him throughout the whole week with every part of my life, the reason I go to work, the reason I'm with my family, the reason I reach the lost, whatever we're doing is out of a love for Jesus and a love for His people. So at times it's easy to say, no, I love Jesus, but relationally it's hard because people disagree with you. Why aren't you liking the things I'm liking? And, and why aren't you seeing it the same way? And, and we disagree at times. And that's where love gets tested. Love gets tested when there's disagreement. I mean, all the married guys are like, yeah. <laughs> not, not you guys, eh? Okay. <laughs> but we're called to love Jesus and love one another. That's, that's how we're going to keep a bulletproof community. If we keep the main thing the main thing, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. But as soon as we lose a love for Jesus, as soon as we lose a love for one another, you're taking your shield off. You let go of your spear. You let go of whatever. And then we become vulnerable. 
we become vulnerable. So are we loving one another? Not your buddies, actually those who are different than you. That's the thing. It's easy to love your buddy. Hey? But are, you, are we loving those that you kind of meet for the first time this morning? Or do we have a real love for one another? Are we serving one another? I mean, those guys that on Friday evening, we didn't ask them to do it. They came and they just helped with the chairs and the tables. They, they served one another. All the single guys will just put your f- photos on the group. And, uh, <laughs> serving one another. Shouldn't have said that. <coughs> Always thinking, what does the person next to me need? What do they need? What do they need? How can I serve someone? I mean, when we, when we got our baby, um, when was it, six months ago, we had people for like three weeks bring food every day to our house. We didn't ask for it. You know, one, one of the leaders said, listen, we'll do a schedule and we'll make sure you guys are sorted for the next three weeks. Don't worry about food. And it's not because I'm the elder, I'm the pastor. No, no, we're doing it actually with, with many people. And everyone is serving. Everyone is, is helping one another. Where's the, where, where's the need? Let's help you. We had a four-top conference in, in Cape Town recently. Like, what's your need? Let's, let's help one another. Because when I look at the Bible, there's no one in need. Everyone looked out for one another. Everyone served one another. Not just I'll pray for you, but actually in action. It's pray and action. That's serving. Serving one another is how we keep a bulletproof community. But as soon as we, we, we get to a place that someone needs to serve me, vulnerable, letting go of your shield. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. If there's anything in you, that I'm in this church so that they can feed me, so that they can serve me, you're making us vulnerable. We're here to serve one another and serve Jesus. We have to build one another up. You know that if you're a Christian this morning, you've got a spiritual gift. You've got a spiritual gift that God has given you. The Bible is full of what those gifts are. But God has given you a gift. You know what that gift is for? For us. Your gift is for us. Your gift isn't for you. Your gift isn't for you. Your gift is for us. And your gift is actually there to build up the church, to build up the body of Christ. And once you find your place where you get to share your gift, where you get to bring your gift, and you see the church is being built up, suddenly you will grow like never before. But if your gift is there so that you can see how quickly I can get to the front of the stage and onto this mic or onto that or whatever, then you lost it. Then you're not, doing, you're not bringing your gift to build a church up. Does it make sense? Your gift is there to build one another up. So some of you are very prophetic. Are you sharing words to build one another up? Some of you, man, you just love to pray. Are you praying for people? Some of you, you just love to open up your house. Hospitality is a gift for you. You just love having people in your house. Some of you, every week, like, my house is open for you. Just come. If you want to have something, my house is open. That's building one another up. It's bringing your gift. 
And there's many more gifts that we can speak about to bring it to build one another up. And then one or two more things, and I'll, I'll land. For us to, to be a bulletproof community, we need to believe the best of one another. We need to believe the best of one another. I mean, we're living in a country, and not just a country, I mean, I think the whole world is like that, where we always feel like a victim. We always feel like someone's got it out for me. Someone is here to judge me. And then we're actually not believing the best of one another. Sometimes in church, we, we, we often do that. You know, Aaron and I will, will spend time and like, hey, Aaron, I see this thing in your life. Can I maybe just share it? And we actually help one another to grow in God. But if we do not believe the best of one another, I'll feel judged. How dare you? How dare you? And we don't always say it, but we think it. And we, in our hearts, we just build a wall around our hearts. And I, I don't want accountability. That's a, that's a swear word. I don't want to open up my life because that's going to hurt me. And yes, sometimes there's wisdom in the way we bring things. And we need to actually be wise in how we do that and be gracious with one another. But we need to actually believe the best of one another in all things. If you hear something about someone then it, it gets tested whether you believe the best. Because it's easy to entertain divisive conversations. But we need to fight for, those, for that unity. Believe the best. I know it's hard, but we need to. We need to. Do you want someone to believe the best of you? So then we need to do that with others as well. And then we have to, I think it ties... Um, onto this thing. We need to have grace with one another. We need to cover one another. I mean, if you look at an army, they all, I'm, I'm, guarantee, I'm guaranteeing you, not everyone's going to have a good day in that army. There will be days where oh, I don't, don't want to go to war. I'm kind of dragging my feet into this battle. But we need to cover one another. No, man, come on. Come on. We can do it. We can do it. I'll have grace on you. I'm gracious towards you. Come, let's fight together. It's okay that you, you fell this morning. It's okay that you didn't, I don't know, didn't arrive ready. And we have grace on one another. We are with one another. No one's perfect. I, I, I know we like to think that we are kind of perfect, but we're not. We're not a perfect church. And so sometimes we can be too hard on one another, actually. We need to actually make space for one another's weaknesses. Someone in your community that's struggling with the same thing every week, we need to be gracious. We need to come alongside them and walk with them. Be gracious with one another. 1 Peter 4 verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. It's not compromise. It's not we're saying we, we are accepting sin. It's actually we, we cover you, man. We come alongside you, and then we walk with you. Uh, I've got a couple of more. I'll maybe mention one more. Is that fine? I'll mention one more. Let's fight for unity. Let's fight for unity. Don't allow offense to take root. You know, if there's something in your heart, sort it out quickly. In Psalm 133, how cool is this scripture? Listen to this. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. 
how good and pleasant it is. I mean, if there's unity in our midst, God's blessing is here. His presence is here. We just feel like we can conquer the world. But if there's no unity, it feels like, yo, what do we do now? And I want to end with this. I'm really ending now. <laughs> you know what, what it means, you know, if an elder or a pastor or a guy preaching, have a watch? Nothing, actually. I'll end with this scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. It's a scripture that really explains what love is. And I want to ask you to read it and to listen to it in a way of how this is how God loves you. This is how God loves you. And this is how God calls us to love one another. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Verse 5. It is not rude. Yeah. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Isn't that beautiful? This is what God has called us to do, to love, to love one another, to love Him, to love one another with everything in us. We're, bulletproof, we're supposed to be a bulletproof community. Don't open yourself up to the enemy. Don't open your, up yourself for offense and anything that's not love. We need to be those who reflect Him in the way we love one another.